0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cat and Cloud podcast. It's good to be back. Feels nice. It's fresh in here. Smell that? It smells good. If you're new here, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Uh, Just like everybody else, we had kind of a rocky 2020 and we didn't release the podcast regularly. There were huge gaps between episodes. We only had a few episodes. And we were just handling business just like the rest of the world, but we missed being here. So today is the reboot. This is the first full episode of the podcast. Going forward, you can expect new episodes every Monday. Wherever you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, we're going to be there. With fresh episodes every monday a couple notes about this episode one there's a little bit of a crackle at certain points we're aware of it it's probably my fault i don't know what i did but we're not going to do it going forward we've got a couple people helping us out to make this podcast more awesome than it's ever been and allow us to do some things that we haven't been able to do some ideas that are just kind of brewing in the back of our minds we're going to bring them into reality so going forward you'll hear a lot of coffee focused talk of course it's going to cross over with culture there's no way to stop it from doing that but some of the more business specific stuff we're rolling into a bigger project that we're working on so stay up to date with all of our stuff go follow us on Instagram you'll you'll hear about all the all the stuff we're doing we're excited we're excited to bring some of these ideas into the world this episode is ridiculous jared tells a story about how he almost died uh another story about how he got fired from his first coffee job and i talk about how i actively avoid responsibility at all costs these are stories from earlier on in our work career and they're borderline they're not terrible but they're workplace horror stories so if some of the things that we're talking about remind you of some stuff that's going on in your jobs it could be this little light bulb that says hmm maybe i need to reevaluate what's happening here so with that i'm gonna shut up and we're gonna get into it tell them the story about how you almost died hucking bean over the um one time I was it that not the altamont but um, when i was down the grapevine the the grapevine the grapevine
1: the grapevine back in the day we gotta start with a story here starting with a story all right well um prior to helping start Verve Coffee I was at a little place called the old Naked Lounge and you know we were uh, we worked pretty hard back in the day and uh, <laughs> I was young I was just trying to come up and I was like roasting all the coffee you know along with uh, the at the time the owner and and he was like hey what you're gonna do today is you're gonna do your delivery route okay then after you're done with that you're gonna cruise down to San Diego this is in Chico which is northern California by so the way. so Chico to San Diego is like 15 hours in case you're wondering so, this is, and, and just to paint a picture of the time and how people maybe would treat other people when you were intimidated and you wouldn't stand up for yourself, it would be like, here's, you're going to work your full day of driving and delivering coffee in Chico and Sacramento. Then, once you're done there, you're going to take off, cruise down, and you're going to get your, like, all in. We're going to pay you like 150 bucks for like three days <laughs> and cover your hotel, and, which is more than enough. You deserve less, basically. And uh, then we're doing gonna, you a favor. Yeah, basically. you're going to drive down to Cafe Moto in San Diego, shout out to Cafe Moto, and pick up some coffee. I don't remember what it was. Oh, also, you're going to go pick up some furniture that I've that I've freaking consigned on the way from like some Craigslist people in Ocean Beach. <laughs> They're waiting for you. And some chocolate, a ton of gear, like a couple pallets of deli chocolate. And what else? There's something else. Long story short, trip down's fine. I spent, I actually, I, i petitioned for an extra day on my own dollar of course one extra day and what I are you driving to, at the time uh it was like a chevy astro van like a yeah, big there one, you go. one of the big big boy astro vans no no uh no guard right so like no protection from the gear to the front it was just like a open open source back i think i was allowed to go to magic mountain i could spend one day on my own time but uh I was alone, so I decided not to. I didn't know what to do. I'll just drove it down. So anyways, finish the day, drive down. I remember getting a sore throat and just like being tired because essentially it was like 1 in the morning or something by the time I finally get down there. Everything is loaded up. And I'm young. I don't know the difference, right? So it is packed to the ceiling with heavy, heavy stuff. I mean, Ghirardelli boxes are like, or yeah, boxes of chocolate. I think they're like 40 to 50 pounds each. So picture a pallet of that plus however many bags of coffee we could do. I just remember it being so full that the furniture, which was like a lay down, it was like a couch that you could actually fold down flat somehow. So it was like flat across the top, barely fit in with the cushions. And it was winter time. So I'm driving up to come home on the grapevine and it's fully snowing on the top. And I, the, the roads are
0: clear, but it's snowing. And the Grapevine is a steep yeah, it's grade. Like,
1: it's if long, If you're too. going
0: to Southern California, yeah, and they have those warning signs if you're going up it. It's like, turn off your air conditioner because your car might overheat because the grade's a little steep. So you're coming down that shit.
1: Yeah, it's like probably to get over it if you're not slow, probably 30- to 45-minute drive just to go up and over and, and down. It's, it's maybe even longer than that, maybe a full hour. So anyways, I'm, I'm cruising up it. It's generally fine, and... I get on the other side and and it doesn't, doesn't take much time at all to realize like I'm going from 60 to like 80 in like a snap of a fingers because of so much weight. And I hit the brakes for the first time and immediately smell brakes. That's how that's how overrun we were. And so I started kind of stressing out because <laughs> it's also windy.
0: Because you're going down a hill in the snow with no brakes?
1: It was, uh, yeah. And it's it's pretty windy and sketch. So I started, I shifted down, like, you know, you go from drive to, I think, three in that one. And then it, maybe it's two and then L. But either way, it goes, you know, two steps down. And it was not slowing me down. At, at the one, it was like wah, raging full I was white knuckling it trying to only tap the brakes as necessary and just preparing to have to like hit one of those off-ramp dealios where it goes back on an incline and hit the e-brake I was legitimately sketched out and barely got through it at the end I remember there's like a huge portion of the end you come around this final turn and then it's a straightaway like a two and a half three mile straightaway to the valley floor and I just kind of like let it be at that point and hit the bottom going like 95. But there was no way to slow that thing down safely. I called, I called the owner at the time. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. And you should never, ever make anybody do that. It's a super sketchy thing to do. And I know I just talked about that really fast and ran you through it because stories are not always my thing. But at the same time, I was by myself and I turned off all the music and I went to ultimate focus mode. And I was like, I'm never going to make somebody. Well, first of all, who would make somebody do a full work day and then drive like 14 and a half hours by themselves? Like it's and then like make you feel like you did them wrong by thinking that you should have got paid for the time. And the other part is I would never make somebody do that alone. And the other part was that is Fucking dangerous (laughs) to do. I'm not gonna put somebody's life at stake when you could probably just get that stuff shipped. Which I know it costs a little more to ship it, and that's why he used this 21-year-old kid instead of like paying for shipping. But man, I just would not do business that way. It was it was quite the it was quite the time. I felt independent. I remember going to Ocean Beach and getting at the time, and probably whether it was good or not, my favorite breakfast burrito I've ever had because. I think it was the second time I'd ever been to San Diego and then walking around all lonely and being like, oh, man, I wish somebody was here to share this with me. And some girl at the head shop popped her head out and said, hey, want to come check out some of the stuff in here? I was like, no. Nah. she goes, you visiting from the East Coast? "Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, I, was like, I got the look, right? No, nah. Nah, just down here doing coffee. Uh. <laughs> she thought you were going to be your cool little lover boy. I didn't even maybe. I didn't look like anybody should ever want to be my she lover girl. So are you famous? She, yeah. She's all, is that hair uh, I gelled s- or is that Dept-9?
0: got really good spikes going on i got so much weed over here man that was what do you want to do what even was i doing
1: then that was a rough time i didn't even there i didn't know especially coffee the coffee that i went and i was excited to try was the cafe moto coffee so and i know that that coffee specialty and that's a rad place where peter giuliano came out of originally actually i think he came out of there but uh yeah i did not even go searching for coffee stop anywhere i like tried to maybe see some friends in santa barbara at the city college (laughs) That's so sick. Or Isla Vista. Yeah, it was quite the trip, dude. Those
0: trips are crazy. Oh, man. The world was different. You've had the worst... Your work stories are way worse than some of mine. That's because I was thinking about it
1: yesterday. For somebody who, like, theoretically acts like he's not very, like... Or maybe acts more confident than he is. I'm, I'm confident now, comparatively. But I was so unconfident, I would not stand up for myself. Like, people would walk all over me. And I think they would use they knew that they could get at me. I so think, yeah. I remember that interview. The person was like, he asked me a bunch of stuff that's legitimately illegal and intimidating and just because he knew I needed the job and wanted to work in coffee so bad that like that was the kind of person that he
0: would hire as the person that he knew he could push around. I got pretty lucky with most things early on and I always had this little bit of layer of protection between me and who could have been my terrible boss at the time, which was pretty rad. Like when my first coffee job, the people that owned the company also owned the roasting company that supplied us. And they've been in the game for a while. And for all intents and purposes, they were pretty cool. Right. You know, they were chill. And like my friend Matt got me the job and I didn't know anything. And he was kind of he was like the unofficial manager. We didn't really have a manager, but he was the dude who was super assertive right. and really aggressive. And he's like, hey, I know pretty much everything. So this is how shit goes. And I was like, all right, dude, that's kind of tight. And you just do all the stuff. And I'll like I'll make the coffee and make the chicken wraps in the back. And I never got asked to do any weird, sketchy, just nothing. And it was so cool. And I remember that job was the first job that I ever turned down a management position at because that company got sold. The shop got sold to this dude, Maurice, who didn't know anything about coffee and just kind of wanted the place to be a hangout for him and his bros. And I had a cool relationship with him. He was pretty tight, too. He's like, dude, you got to be the manager, man. And I was like, fuck, no, dude. I'm not (laughs) trying to have any responsibility. Are you kidding me? You've got to be the manager. I was like, you need to make Matt the manager. And he's like, you lead by example, though. And I was like, that's cool, but I don't care at all. I don't really want to do this. Like, no chance. And the second coffee job that I had was probably more along the lines of the coffee job that you're talking about, which is probably more along the lines of what most people have experienced from a first job or just a generally unprofessional random environment was where the dude who was also, you know, cool dude, got along with him well, just didn't show up ever, didn't do any training, and you just get kind of thrown into this place where you're working by yourself, like alone for hours at a time. And someone was there in these little in-between times to kind of train me. But I remember people coming in and asking for things that I just didn't know how to make. And I would just make shit up on the fly to try to make them as happy as they could. And I would just crank the charm up to, like, level 11. Right. Just being the nicest fucking dude possible, trying to make them feel as good as possible. Feeling like a total piece of shit because I kind of know I'm not giving them what they want. Being too scared to actually out, out outsource information to them mm. and be like, okay, I don't know how to make that. Right. Can you just kind of guide me through because that made me feel weird. Y'all, so, I got this. I'm like, yeah, totally, for sure. This one dude who, like I don't know, just the nicest guy ever. Him and his wife came in every day, and I'm pretty sure I blew their order like every time. But, oh, man, that was a really bad feeling to just be... On board and left to my own devices. It's a weird time I felt almost better with that
1: than the other way around because there was this like It was just the places that I worked well I mean there was only there was only really one right before we started verve and Santa Cruz. So the thing was is the dude was really interesting and such a polarizing character that people both like feared him and they wanted him to validate them maybe because when you're in a small town like certain people who seem successful when you're young especially and especially in a small town like they have something that you don't so they must be doing something that you should follow if you want to have any sort of like heirs of success in your future so there were a lot of people that man I mean he spoke with authority spoke like this is how it is and he came out of the navy this person so it's like I'm sure there was a legit amount of PTSD in there as well as like, this is how you do it. So there were things that, that were cool, right? There was like, there was a style to their places and there was a style to, and like a a level of this is what cleanliness should look like. Although the thing that I always struggled with is it was so hypocritical because it was pick and choose of what the owner liked. So it was like, it wasn't quality, wasn't quality across the board. It was this is quality this is the standard it's super high here but it doesn't have to matter at all over there and that ultimately is why he like he, he ended up letting me go because he allowed us for a little while to, to experiment with coffee roasting and i didn't know enough at all but i definitely roasted like one or two of the coffees a little lighter and the thing that sucked is that everybody we'd serve them to liked them more but he he never talked about why he just decided that we shouldn't do it like that anymore. Never talked about it. And man, I always would push back and he hated it because I always wanted it to be the best. And then it was the same thing. It's like, make these, all these orders. Perfect. Go to, go to Costco and smart and final and all these places and buy like for four different cafes, all of their paper goods and most of their non food stuff. So that would be like chocolate syrups, sugars like everything flour paper cups all of it i like had all the, the skus memorized i'd roll in like hey where's the freaking tp 16s <laughs> and like the toilet paper and then it would be like if you miss one thing as the person working basically by yourself double checking these orders there'd be like a threat of losing your job and i'm like could we just find a way to like digitally log this stuff or something like find a way besides just a pick list and then me gathering it all by myself while roasting all the coffee and bagging all the coffee like is there a way to do this better and i didn't like a system so in the long run he ended up firing me for it and tried to get colby to fire me from naked lounge too <laughs> he's, all, he's all you gotta fire this kid
0: so wait he fired you
1: from the roastery
0: oh from the roastery so like, but colby you still had worked naked lounge you still worked in
1: naked lounge so chico stayed he kept Sacramento, had, like, a naked lounge, a, a place called Tupelo and
0: another couple jams that he was trying to work on. So you were never fired from the cafe?
1: Not the original
0: ca- Not the original. Not the original lounge naked lounge. No. It was just, like, you can't roast coffee anymore. Yeah.
1: And then he tried to get him to push me out altogether. But it was, like, I was the one who uh, – I was amongst the ones who gave the best service and was also – both to the credit of the company and also the discredit of myself was kind of down for anything. Like I was the yes person, whatever you need, I'll show up and do it.
0: Yeah, dude. If you get a yes person, yes, people are good fines, especially if you mentor them. If you get a them, yes person fuck. in the right environment, that's kind of worth its weight in gold. And It helps to have someone who's not on the other end of that shit to like not abuse that. Yes. Person. I mean, you know.
1: absolutely. Like, whether or not it was, I was good or not. Like the community thought I was good for one, but the company. Besides when Mark Rosell was was running it after after I left and came to Santa Cruz, there was two times where that that store was epic, and those were the two times. And then I think it kind of did well after I went back and helped in while back in the day. But apparently they're back open and using Roseline Coffee now, and a whole different thing. Who knows what that means? Dude, let's go to Chico <laughs> let's right now see them
0: what they do. The Cat and Cloud podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. It's delicious coffee wherever you are. You don't need a machine. There's no mess. All you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed and nitrogen flushed, so it stays fresh, and it's got a unique immersion filter that's ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staple, so there's nothing between you and your coffee experience. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped coffee at steepedcoffee.com, We'll have a link in the show notes for sure. You can ask your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or have your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you want Steeped stuff full of cat and cloud goodness, you can snag that in our retail stores here in Santa Cruz and on our website worldwide. Basically, Steeped is doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portion, pre-ground innovation. You find those little pieces of magic, like that job that I was talking about, the second coffee job I had, even though i was just kind of left to my own devices the owner was really open to the coffee experimentation cuz i was i was just kind of going in that's when right. i made i made the transition cuz he was the only dude in town who had a la Marzocco. i was like oh you got a la Marzocco? next level you got a little mazzer grinder over there let me get on this i'm coming over dude and i had bought some of my own grinders off of ebay by that time this is a gearhead over here in the making oh i'm here's the deal so in I don't know exactly what the year is, but when Starbucks transitioned out of using lineas and Mazer grinders to their super automatics, basically there were these huge like storehouses who would buy all that equipment and resell it on eBay. So there was this period of time where you could cop four group lineas, majors, super jollies, all this shit for just so fucking cheap. And when I was at my first job, I bought a super jolly, which is the smaller flat burr Mazzer grinder, bigger than the mini, like the smaller, you know, you would use in a cafe. And I was like, Oh, this is dope. Took it apart, you know, stripped the paint off the whole thing, repainted it. And then I think my friend Vito got one too. And I was like, dude, fuck you, dude. I'm about to I'm about to buy a major in here. You can't come up on my shit like trying to trying I mean, to get only, on this. There can only be one. There can only be one. I'm the coffee guy in town. There can okay? only be one. I'm the dude, all right? Just leave it alone. So I had this major that I bought and did the same thing to it. And I would bring those in and then, oh dang, so many things coming back to me I right know. now. Isn't that weird? So in between my first and second job. The first job was the the people who owned the owned the roastery. I had somehow convinced them, even though I wasn't working there anymore. They were renovating the cafe. Though, dude, the bar at the first job was sick. It was a horseshoe bar, with a two-group Rancilio on it and grinders. And then there was a second counter behind it that was the whole bean wall, which. Also had another two group ranchilio and grinders. That's ahead of the game with an under counter batch brewer. So kind of the exact same way that we have them. It was dope. They were they were on some they were on some shit at the time. What
1: early two thousands? This was yeah. They opened
0: they opened yeah. It was early two thousands at the time. Right. They opened I think in eighty nine. They were doing espresso in small town modesto in like the late 80s early 90s before any we had any starbucks in town yeah that's they were like on the cutting edge of the whole latte thing so they were they were in that zone and they let me or i convinced the dude maurice i was like dude you're doing the little remodel thing i was like let me get that let me get that other two group on the back bar because he wanted to turn it into more of like a chill vibe like get rid of some of the coffee stuff i was like let me take that home instead of putting it in storage And he's like you want to take it home i was like yeah He's like, "I don't know if it works." I was like, "Oh, it works. I can I can oh, fix I'll it. Make it work. I can make I, can, it, I <laughs> got a goo tool it. set. Spicoli over here. You can't fix this." Oh, I can fix so it. I took it home and we had just moved into a new house It's like me, my friend Dave and Jenny and we didn't have a washer dryer. So I hooked up the espresso machine to the 220 where the dryer uh-huh. outlet and I had a two group Rancilio and a couple grinders on a janky, super whack table. It was like borderline falling down in our laundry room, and that lasted for about three to four weeks before Dave was like, "Okay, dude, we're gonna buy a washer and dryer." And <laughs> you all we have to do things, stuff that. I was fine. like, "What? Dude, that's so lame." That's pretty badass. It was cool. Yeah, so an I, espresso machines special. I was making coffee at home, and then with my new job, the dude was. He was down about letting me bring the grinders in and playing with the coffee menu. We used Made Coffee, their coffee roaster up north. I mean, that was ahead of the game, too. They used to be really, time. like, I don't know, I want to say famous, but famous for they had specialty coffee, and it right. was in a can, mm-hmm. like Folger's style. did they go organic, like, too? They were or organic were before organic? everybody yeah. else. They were ahead of the curve on the organic thing. Right. They had this one espresso called Organic Panic, which was, I think, 50% organic Robusta. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like jet fuel. And Send it to the vein. Rob, who at the time was the sales rep, I had reached out. And I was like, Rob, like, I work at this little town. You know, I'm over here at Coffee Creek. That's where we were. Oh, I was like, oh. I'm over here at Coffee Creek. What's up with some different espressos? I, was like, I got these grinders I brought in from home let's party and he was cool super cool that's pretty badass he came down he visited from santa rosa and he came and he brought a bunch of different coffees and we did a cupping and he was floating us basically small amounts of free coffee in our orders and i was just put him in the second grinder and playing with him and trying to get people hooked on weird coffees and started developing like a little cult following of I mean probably just a handful of people who came in to get different strange espressos or weird cappuccinos
1: yes it's interesting because i i think back now and i'm like okay the person who who opened those shops was mostly interested in like style and then and then kind of like an elevated like an ideal of having better so for instance there was no specificity or really around the coffees that we served. we could ask and kind of learn but really the idea was we served grand Cru coffees so Like chamay, dude. Dude, yeah. (laughs) And so, like, you think back and you're like, oh, this person is selling um, what they believe to be, like, an elevated experience. So, the selling points were, I mean, kind of the stylistic, like, pinup girl Navy vibe. Right. Mixed with, like, vintage Danish modern, like, seating and, and just, like, the lounge vibe, right? Literally why that was called the Naked Lounge. But then there was this other part where it's, we serve Grand Cru coffees, which is you were able to say like the top 2% of the world's coffee in quality mm. at the time, I think, right. It was like the highest grown. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, that means most of them were from Guatemala, which we found out, right. Cause that's where strictly hard bean coffees, which was another thing he sold and grand crew coffee really came out of was that place. But that's not how we spoke of it. It was the other way around. So it's interesting because I was always into, and, and we needed to know the history. We needed to pass a test to work there and like, Ninety percent or above, which was essentially like yield of coffee per per plant per year at a pound, and a few other like details, elevation, uh, robusta versus arabica, very very like simple stuff. Maybe some like Louis the Fourteenth. Actually, I think that was next level. But like who who brought <laughs> the coffee? So it's like all that classic like where did coffee come from and some of the lore. Uh, and and uh, our boy Gandhi, Gandhi, not Gandhi, Caldi, 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 and Gandhi his dancing is goats. Point. Yeah, and you had to know the story of Caldi and be able to write about it but now that i i'm realizing a lot of that was kind of the ability to speak on lore and less specifically about quality and i was super about the next level of quality so i think where we didn't jive is he wanted microphone which i think that was ahead head of the game is like being able to steam microphone was tight i wanted to keep going up levels and and i would often push for that and then i'd get people interested in pushing for that and that If somebody doesn't want to do that, which has kind of always been like my Achilles heel for companies I worked with is like, I'm going to continue to push for that stuff no matter what. And unless the owner literally says, I don't want to. And what owner who has some sort of ego would ever say, I don't actually want to pursue that stuff, which is actually okay to do, is the funny part. Like, it's okay to be like, I'm good here. This is not what we're going to do. But instead... What would always happen is i would just get fired and then it'd just be like yeah this guy's out of here or or they just wouldn't listen and i'd have to see myself out but it was always at the at my own cost of not being able to just like let it go <laughs> i would always want to keep pushing that's cool though and then i'd always find like uh i always find reasons I'd be like well everybody's tasting it like come taste it with us like everybody's gonna tell you this is better I got you like I want to make it better we're gonna make it better and that was that's always been like my my friction in companies
0: it's such an interesting perspective to have now because how do you balance that with the younger version of you yeah who maybe works for you now who's telling you what you need to do and what needs to happen and this is it it and is so passionate about it and can also do these things we're like hey i did this like can you imagine what would happen if someone just came up to us and said guess what i changed everything in the roasting and people love it way more check it out (laughs) well yeah i
1: don't well i never went there first it was always with like a i always got permission first so i was respectful Mm. enough most like almost always to get permission first or to like there was a lot of conversations before trying it I, I think a lot of what we learned is what we do now which is back things up with have people and ourselves be able to back it up with values and a mission because you can talk through it and then if there is a discrepancy at the end where like it could be a yes everything it could be a yes on both sides then it comes down to the splitting hairs of having a real conversation as to why we would or wouldn't with intention my problem always is there wasn't a specific intention as to why yes or why no it was always just like nah You know, and that's that's the thing I never was able to respect my parents, too. Like my parents said, no, don't you can't do that. but Never told me why. I, I just can't deal with
0: that. You know, it's hard. It's hard to work at a place that doesn't have a really strong sense of purpose. Yeah. And that I think that's probably the same reason that I ended up moving on from some of those other jobs. It seemed really cool. Like even the first job, the owner, dude, he did not have a clear vision the dude that bought it he kind of wanted it to be because we had beer on tap too it's cool it's a fucking dope place yeah like but he kind of wanted to transition it into almost like adding some more food make it a pseudo sports bar vibe for his friends at night and coffee shop in the morning which if you figured out a way to do it right could actually be cool but you have to do it really really right because there's you know one or two ways it goes right and a million ways it goes wrong right but he just bought it i think as a status symbol like i own a business in town he was doing real estate stuff you know i this is my this is my thing and he was pretty open to exploring better coffee quality because he did want the business to be better mm-hmm. so i would bring in the david Schomer espresso vivace dvds right And we would all watch those. And the staff fucking was hating on me at this point because there was started to be this huge separation like you're experiencing to where I was like the weirdo. Right. Like, dude, Chris is bringing in DVDs where we have to go to a staff meeting and watch some fucking goofy-ass dude with a bolo tie and stars on his apron talk about pulling the perfect shot for 45 minutes. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is this, dude? Like, they would be, like, giving me looks like, dude fuck you dude you're, you're ruining my life here i'm just trying to go back out and party and i'm like dude we got to make micro foam, dude this guy's <laughs> look at this crema dude are you guys seeing what's possible here and everyone's just like the owner's on board do he doesn't even know why he just wants it to be good and everybody that works with me just fucking hates my guts and <laughs> like that that can only go so far before you really really want to make that commitment to what it, your level of quality means. And I think the biggest difference, even in just asking you that question, one of the big differences that I see between us and them at the time, is that we've spent years with our craft, right, and we know exactly what we're talking about, and we have a very strong vision of what we want the coffee to taste like and what we want the service to be like, and it's been tried out and tested and modeled and like just honed over years and years and years. And most of the people that I worked for were just kind of new to business mm. and it was almost like a hobby. Right. Your situation was deeper into coffee, for sure, Right. but neither one was really like, okay, I have a vision for what this place is, the ultimate vision. No, I, I agree. I think what's interesting is like I look back and there, we actually had
1: like a pretty tight group of people who wanted the same thing and that probably is a little bit of what probably turned off the owner to me is that I, well, I was able to rally that group I think what it was is he, he did, he had a clear vision of what he wanted his places to look like in terms of like, if you walk in, you want it to look and feel like this, but it didn't have to do with the things that I was te- passionate about. Cause I wasn't passionate about how the place looked like at the time design was not at all my interest. My interest was the craft and the service model. So I was like, how do we make these drinks the best? How do we make them the fastest and how do we serve the most people? Because part of it too is the original manager I had had told me like, Hey, the best this place has ever done he gave me like dollar metrics for certain times of the day He's all by this part of the day we've never done more than this by this point we've never done more than that and I was like oh I'm gonna beat that right because you want to be sick I wanted to be successful so I was goal oriented I'm like okay well that's their metric is the coffee's quality like microphone and flavor and then numbers get people in and out and so I was able to crank those things but the way I was doing it wasn't in line with what the person wanted and then The other part is is like people back in the day and different people they don't always want to do business for the same reason so you know i don't know how his business practices worked or didn't but i knew that he had a bunch of sick ass cars and he would let he would like win us over by doing like these flashes of niceness where it's almost like stockholm syndrome vibes (laughs) where you like you have like this moment like oh he's a person like he's out there just sitting there petting a dog on christmas day by himself and like dude homie was always in the six pack of beard drinking and driving at the time cigarettes inside outside it was psychotic uh, it was it was though at the same time yo you're turning 23 or maybe i was yeah 23 you want to take the lotus elise out for 24 hours and i'd be like oh yeah i wanted that it's like dream and i got to and but he would be like there's a computer trip in there and if you let the rpms get over it was something super low it was like five the rpms go over five the chip's gonna see i'm gonna take it to the thing and i'm gonna know so you better not take it over five thousand rpms it's like a
0: gift but not exactly he's like doing you a favor but he's he knows punking exactly you at the, the same doing, time yeah
1: i mean he offered to like he's all oh you want an m3 because he had he had beamers he has like three series beamers with his dining in kits and everything like he's a car head like all the stuff that people look look up to in their own little ways and he's all oh yeah we can get you an m3 like, I'll figure it out. I'll co sign on it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm about to be indebted to you. Whatever you want to do to me, however long you want to do it. I think yeah. at the, <laughs> I, dude, I'll, I'll never forget one day. That's so crazy.
0: The way you said that was amazing. It was super real, <laughs> huh? Well, it's because there's some shit coming back.
1: This is, I mean, there was one day and I'll never forget it because I'm like a punk, I'm more than punctual. And I'm also like, I do take work stuff really seriously even though there's stuff that you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell at times I remember for whatever reason like my a knock happening on my door and it's my roommate and Somehow like I had slept like almost 16 hours and I wasn't like on any weird benders or drinking or anything It was fucking psychotic. I woke up It was 4 p.m. in the afternoon and I had gone to bed at like one or two in the morning Like for a person in his 20s like not very long and I had a company phone and I woke up and I was immediately in a panic. So I was supposed to be at work at noon. And I had like 26 calls and there was no text back then, but I couldn't call back because he had turned off my phone line.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> He like, just canceled you. Dude. Yeah,
1: but it was like, that's how that's how easy it is to like lose the trust. It's like, oh, this person's screwing me over. So you can like also see that this person has like a lot of mental stuff from the past, like a lot of trauma. So there's always like that part of me because at the end of the day, I was like, I've been nothing but aces and me sleeping in and not returning a call like legitimately just missing it it was a requirement it's like shut off the phone and so like I had to drive out to the roastery by the airport and be like hey I have no idea what happened this has never happened to me I just I just woke up thankfully cuz my roommate knocked on my door and it's somehow like 430 I'm late I'll get after it but it was like stuff like that makes you feel like you either leave this job
0: or you get owned by it right that's like severe cray-cray yeah Dude, I think the key to my sanity for so many years has been avoiding as much responsibility as possible. I've never managed a cafe, ever, nor do I want to. Sounds like a fucking terrible job. Real talk. It's it's, very hard. It seems... It it is hard. It's very hard. I mean, looking at the things... I mean, I've been obviously so... You've been so close to it. So close to it, but it's never... I've always veered, like, just the opposite direction. You know, wherever I get in, I'm like... It's it's going in the management direction, and then I'm like, "Whoo! I better make a hard left into education from here, because I'm not trying to fucking order, you know, chocolate or be that fucking guy driving over the fucking grapevine, almost killing myself for some weirdo who like doesn't respect anything about me. Don't care about me at all. I'm like, I'm a teacher. I'm not a manager. I'm a, we're gonna we're gonna educate here. We're gonna get in some learning. And like, that's kind of that's kind of been on on repeat but dude, world world, dude it is it is gnarly out there like the jobs that you have and the shit that you do and the weird stuff that people experience and like I think about that as like a time gone by because and in some ways it is like you could get away with way more shit back in the day like, Oh, this a lot of this stuff you, would not even be close to you you could get flying. like berated to no end and have no recourse for it like you would just be like cool I guess that's the way it is that's just, that's just how, it, it's how it goes down. I mean, dude, you and me
1: sitting in an interview legitimately drinking a Sierra Nevada and smoking a cigarette while interviewing somebody is like, I can't even picture it. But that was the world we lived in. That is nuts, dude. Not even a joke. That like is. walking around with your beer in hand. Like I remember working on Christmas Day at the restaurant because we had a restaurant and I was crushing service. And I, we didn't have the safety, so I pulled out. The coffee camera while it was brewing and the 212 degree oh no. mud went on my hand, right? Burned the shit out of me. Yeah. Blisters everywhere. The mud's the worst part. Like yeah. the grounds like latch on your skin. So anybody out there, what do you do when that happens to somebody at your cafe? You uh, take them to the doctor and get them sent fixed, right? Or like whatever. You like offer that in some capacity. There was, there was this whole like, are you good? Cool, you're good. Let's throw some stuff in a glove on it and you finish the day.
0: That shit happened, remember, in like 2012 too? That one time, S- someone got roasted, and they're like, "It's fine." Yeah, play you, through. You're supposed to send them
1: immediately to the doctor, and or like they don't get the option. Like they get taken care of. They don't get the option to like opt out of it.
0: Yeah, you make the call for them because you're in the position of leadership. You're like, "Hey, you got to go get taken care of." Yeah, it doesn't matter if they feel like they can finish the shift. No, of course, any go-getter is gonna feel like they can finish the and shift. They're gonna feel like
1: they should if you allow them to feel that way, which yeah. is
0: basically any option to potentially
1: finish the shift they're gonna feel like they're supposed to be the hero
0: yeah fuck that so shit.
1: i mean it was crazy and there was no follow-up there was no like i'll let send you in and get you fixed up it was like uh just deal with these boils on your hand for however long and finish the, like the busiest shift ever because you're the fastest barista we got here on christmas day oh such a weird world poor poor people in these small towns where where business owners can get away with treating people like that because i do think it happens more the more small the town is And the less places you have to go, like, I think the more it happens. But it does not happen like it used to because we
0: have social media now. People can just be like, this is what happened. Yeah. Someone will immediately take a picture or video of it and be like, in the back room being like, hey, I just spilled a French press on my hand. My shit's fucking so painful and they're telling me to work. Is this weird? Yeah, it's weird. And that place is going to get shut the fuck down or like immediately canceled by everybody. And... It sucks that it takes technology creeping in for people to want to do the right thing. Like the fear of being, you know, found out. Well, we all pay into
1: these things that are covered, typically. Well, you're supposed to, and that's maybe the thing. Some people aren't, but
0: you pay into it. I don't think it's about paying into it, though. I think for people who are just like, oh, stay and work, it's just about ultimate convenience in the moment. Right. It's about if you go home, I have to go in there. Right. And like, I'm unwilling to go in there. So it's busy. You just work with your blisters and yeah. like pus bubbles or whatever you got to do. It was like, definitely blisters and pus bubbles. Like I'm not going to do this. And that is, that's the heaviest thing. I just
1: kept spraying that freaking numbing spray on it all day long and kept loading on the ooze <laughs> and just plastic glove ripped it up. And I was like, well, I'll never forget to check the safety. And then we, and then we always bought things with safety guards on them while they were brewing. Cause It hurts if it's never happened to you. It hurts real bad to get uh, essentially boiling mud on your arm. I think they used to do that with tar in the back of the day. Uh, They would boil tar and pour it on people who are attacking their forts. Tard and feathered. Tard e-feathered.
0: That was our welcome back episode. Thanks for joining us, y'all. If you want to stay up to date on everything that we're doing, Instagram is the best place to check in with us. You can follow us at catcloudcoffee. It's also the best place place if you have a question that you want answered on the podcast if you've got some burning coffee desire send us a message tag us we're going to be logging those requests so we can use those for future Q&As if you need coffee or cat and cloud merch go to catandcloud.com here's the thing i'm incredibly biased because yes i'm one of the owners of the company yes it's in my best interest to tell you this but real talk, our coffee is fucking delicious. That's just the way it is. You can get coffee for yourself or you can even gift coffee to someone else. We have these really awesome three month gift subscriptions where you can hook someone up with a Cat and Cloud Coffee subscription for three months. They can try a bunch of different coffees. Shit, get a gift subscription for yourself. You don't have to give it away. It's okay to be a little bit selfish with your coffee sometimes. We will not judge you for that. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you here next Monday. Hope you're having a great week. Stay dialed out there, y'all. Peace.